Hey, hey guys, can we, can we, we, did we start recording? Can we do the thing? Hang on, I'm fine on me. Hang but, on. But. Bye, Mom! Okay, I'll just look at my phone, I guess. I mean. Fire on Mom! Oh, yeah, we're, we're recording a thing. What? The, fire on Mom! We're doing the podcast for. <laughs> but fire on Mom! Fire on Mom! But this is the podcast for the it's week our, of February 21st. It, it's a. I just threw my DS over that <laughs> shit. I'm already done with your fates puns. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Geek Domination Podcast. Oh uh, uh, this is for the week of February 21st, 2016. Uh, my name is Jean-Luc, otherwise known as JL, otherwise known as Minin. Uh, with me is uh, my boy Plusle, also known as Cody. I'm wearing a Plusle hat, guys. <laughs> Jean-Luc's wearing a Minin hat. Yeah, we're wearing some We're totally going to take a selfie of this and post it on the page. And uh, Anthony over here. Um... I've never been so balls deep in a game before. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> that's really hot. It's happened I don't before. know. Maybe with Awakening, yeah. That's hot. Ugh. Yeah. But I'm back in it. Oh, and I'm yeah. going deeper and harder than I've ever gone before. <laughs> I can't even do that. <laughs> I can't even complete so that fucking without breaking. Deep. <laughs> yeah. So deep. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think that's this has been our last two days in a nutshell. This fucking Fire Album. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just... Get that quick update out of the way. Yeah. I don't, so don't before we? before we do anything today, I do want to spend a, a special shout out to my boy Zane, who's not here today, because his little baby girl was born. Yay, baby Cora! Baby Cora, newest uh, member of the Geek Domination it's family. True. It's yes. true. She'll be on our podcast next week. Little uh, Cora Marcella Coppage. Yeah. yeah, Marcella. She's a B. But yeah, little bit. Met her, met so her on Friday. I hear she flipped off Sage. Probably. Good for her. <laughs> So starting them off early. I'm proud of her. 10 out of 10. Yes, 10 out of 10. Would baby again. Would copulate again. Would allow Zane and Katie to have a baby again. <laughs> because that's totally our Some uh, quality craftsmanship there. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a little rough around the edges, but, you know, it's the first one. They always are. I'm totally joking. But shout out to them. Um, so congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Little, yeah. Congratulations. Little perfect little baby. But podcast. We're gonna, well, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's spend a couple minutes talking about fates. Let's oh, get man. it out of the way. Um, so Jesus. literally less than about 48 hours with the game. I I think my time reads officially on my on my playtime, I think at around 10 or 12 hours. I'm looking right now. Maybe 10. Exactly 10. Okay, so if you're 10, then I'm probably 8. So yeah. I take that back. Because I'm a little bit farther than yeah. you. Yeah. Just for clarification, far. right now I'm playing through Birthright. Anthony's playing through Conquest. So yeah. it's it's been fun. Like we're trying to talk about it together, but at the same time, we're not trying to spoil anything for either one. Yeah, it's been mainly to like less talking about story plot details and more about like what we're feeling and what character is annoying us the most. Because it's like the reverse. Your character you hate on your side is uh, fucking Camilla. Camilla is terrifying. Yeah, and I fucking hate Kazumi. And Kazumi or, or Takumi. Takumi. Takumi? Okay, yeah. my bad. Takumi is a badass. I just love that also that's like <sighs> historically archers just kind of meh in Fire Emblem. And then this time. Okay, this talk from someone I who disagree. just had him in Awakening. And in Awakening, they were pretty bad. Yeah, they weren't the best in Awakening. Um, but in other games, though, uh, shout out to Fire Emblem uh, Ike's two games. Holy fucking shit. The archer they give you in that one... Um, is amazing and Rolf is even better than your starting archer and he is a badass motherfucker. That's an awesome name. Rolf? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, no, he starts off as a little shit 
But if you raise him upright, man, oh boy, he's he killing him. But no, I'm just that's like Takumi's just like, oh yeah, my bow just like makes me. Oh. A, this my bow just like annoys terrain, and I just one shot everything. Archers also, are back in this game. They really are hardcore. Um, but yeah, so far, like like I said, I'm about. I don't know how many chapters are in the games. I haven't looked because I don't um, want to. Yeah, I've I've been trying to avoid that myself. Um, I I'm wanting to say. Awakening was a decent length for Awakening a typical. Awakening was about 25, 26. I think it was 25 it was 25 plus with... an endgame. Okay. Yes, yes. So 25 plus endgame. Usually the standard length is about 20 to 30. The highest, I think, has been like I 32. I can see them being shorter in this one because with the differing stories. But, I mean, I feel like there's almost, at least 20. I'm almost thinking longer, actually, because so? of it. Yeah, because it's like you want to make sure you take the time to to solve up stories succinctly and then convince them, hey, you need to check out this next one, too. But then again, you could be right as well. I'm Either way, I'm excited to see the end game and uh, 20 or 30 or 50 or a million because it's probably going to be 60 by the end of the oh, yeah. all, all, all playthroughs. Um, yeah, I'm just excited. I, I don't even care about the length. I just I'm liking oh, yeah. it so far. Story-wise, I can say at least for the conquest side of things, I'm enjoying it so far. Um it's not my favorite yet, but it's definitely not the worst. Right. On the flip side of things, Birthright, um I feel like some of the story in the beginning is a little bit forced. Um when you switch sides with them, and for the first, you know, couple chapters, the story is really fucking slow. Mm. And, but by the time you get to where I am, like, shit fucking goes crazy. Like, absolutely heart-wrenching shit. Yeah, and you're not the first one to say that either. I think there was a, a GameSpot uh, review that I listened to, and the lady that was playing it over there, she was saying similarly that uh, Birthright for a while was just, like, kind of like a slow grind in, in story even yeah. rather than gameplay. And that by the end, though, there is a really heart-wrenching and almost heartwarming finale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's almost cheesy at times. She said it's also really weird too because we're both playing through the games, and then I'm also like starting to kind of get annoyed already with the three story aspect because yeah. it's it's been known for a while that Revelation is the quote unquote true story. There's definitely some shadow games going behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I I'm very compelled to see what that is though on on my side of things, just because the Norse side there's a lot more interesting things that you're you're seeing through garon and how you're dealing with things and also your your brother your brothers and sisters and how they've been trying to do things since even before you got out of the castle the yeah. beginning uh it's not even spoilers for that one this is the common thing you start out at a castle in your shelter. spoilers um but they've been doing a lot of things behind the scenes to try and protect people and yeah it's it's interesting and this last chapter i actually experienced really almost did an interesting plot detail that I could see was going to be compelling. And it is even giving me more reason to get excited for the future. I'm, I'm just, I'm really liking it so far from so far, the North side yeah. of things. Um, and also character wise and personality wise, I can only think of two people that really annoyed me. And who are those? It's like Camilla is a little annoying because she's, she, weird. she's She's the stereotypical anime female, and I mean that in all the worst aspects possible. She has huge boobs. She runs around, says things with the, oh, 
You know, like the the every cutscene just focuses on her ass. It's great. Uh, ass and boobs. Could make that Actually, you see it more than me because she probably shows up and no, she'll she was, be like, she was only sister. You know? Yeah, there was only one cutscene where that happened. And I was just like, well, because yeah. you're like, who's I've, here? I and then one. like it just pans the camera around, and the first thing you see of her is her ass, and I'm just like, oh my god, so <laughs> it's just it's so stereotypical in 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 that that anime way. It's like the fan servicey way that really gets me annoyed. So. While I seeing some other aspects of her that makes me enjoy her a little bit more than you, I think. That's the thing too. Like you meet her at the beginning so of the game and you're like, Oh wow, tits. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> T- oh fucking tits. They are in your face. There's actually another character that appears on the north side that's similar too. And just, <laughs> she's a little annoying, smiles, but she's kinda quiet. Cool. I just, I, tits and ass, man. That's Fire Emblem Fates for you. <laughs> tits and ass. Dude, Kojima confirmed. <laughs> Kojima yeah. Um and then uh, the other character um is just like we were talking about um before. Um Arthur, I really, I really get annoyed with him. Yeah, I, I just, he's so, I am righteous, and he's goofy and, and silly, and I don't know, he's not my favorite character, but I don't think there's been the any characters on the birthright side that have really annoyed me on my team. I'm surprised you like Kazumi so much. I, I really want to understand. Okay, like I said, so Kazumi, he's, he's one of your brothers on the Hushido side, and he resents you a lot in the beginning of the game. Even more so now from my Absolutely, side. Absolutely, it oh. makes sense. But just the character growth you see him going through and all this insane shit, it's really fucking good. And it's hard to hate him when he one-shots everything. <laughs> no, he sounds he sounds like, oh, man, what's his name? Um, he taught Ralph. It's it's funny. I can't remember his name. I can remember Ralph so clearly. Um, or Rolf, I should say. But in the Ike's two games uh-huh. for the, uh, the GameCube and the Wii, um, there's this other archer that trains your, your Rolf unit and, uh, he is a crazy badass, but he's an asshole. And for a while you hate him, but everything he does with Rolf makes you appreciate him more. So I'm, I'm thinking they're exuding some of that character personality influence into hit. I want to be surprised. Yeah. So cool. I, I really want to, want to try birthright just for that. Even uh, that's, some, that's the thing I'm excited too, because like I'm getting through birthright. Mainly I decided to play through my birthright first because you were playing conquest and everyone I was playing was doing Conquest. And I was like, oh, let's do Birthright. Because, yeah. you know, I'm still relatively new to the series. Yeah. And and heads up for later, guys. Uh, we will be doing a review. I don't... Are we doing written for those? I, I think written might I be I have a decide best. for mine. Okay. I'm, I'm, regardless, I think regardless, I'm expect a review of Birthright this week mm. by me. Expect a review of Conquest this week by Anthony. And then... A little bit farther down the line, once it comes out for me, Anthony will have revelations on Tuesday what his actual copy of the game gets here. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i definitely going to play through Birthright still before it. Right. But, uh, yeah. And then once Revelations gets out, we play through that. It's two, three weeks, so it's still a little bit ways out. Yeah, I think it's like um, early expect March. Expect that. We'll do some sort of co-op revelation thing. Cool. And hopefully by that time, Jean-Luc uh, I will. can join us. <laughs> I'm not like looking on websites right now don't worry about <laughs> no, not at all not at all i'm not yeah. shopping just, during podcasts <laughs> <laughs> as a wrap-up um i have some little like baby concerns with the game but they're not there's this little nitpicky things yeah from a tactical aspect i can say that i enjoy fates immensely more than i did awakening mm-hmm. just from a tactical point from of a ta- view. yeah just like this game is hu- so much more on like movement and placement than awakening was even on birthright where it's like stupid easy at times yeah and i am doing uh for this playthrough i am doing the classic mode so i am experiencing classic normal Ooh, i have a one of my my friends he's like all right i'm gonna do conquest uh classic normal 
and I'm doing Birthright, hard classic, and then I am doing Revelations Lunatic classic, and I'm like, you are fucking insane. Dude, no, rip, that's dumb. rip. That is... I, I would not do <laughs> Lunatic. I could do hard, maybe, but I would never do Lunatic. That would drive me insane. So... I yeah. know, like, even, like, the AI changes a little bit and, like, just, like, the, the properties of them, too. And I'm just like, no, thank you. Well, you know how bosses don't move? Yeah, they do. They'll move in Lunatic yep. a lot more than they do. So. Anyway, good stuff. Uh, look forward to more in-depth conversation on that in the coming weeks. Yeah. Buy it if you uh, like Fire Emblem games or any kind of tactical RPG shit because that's that's really what the I can definitely say one of the three is definitely worth the price of admission. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you just want to do the $40 yeah, just like, and just buy one of them. Yeah. And then don't be like us and who are going to end up spending $80 by the end of the game. Oh, and probably nice. a decent amount of DLC. Actually, technically, I've spent 120 when you think about it. Because yeah. I, I had to buy Fates early. Ugh. Yeah, just for clarification, Anthony bought the Super Special Edition. And then it wasn't going to be here till Tuesday. So he went out and bought Conquest on Friday. Yeah, I couldn't. I can handle the wait. Yeah. So, All right. Actual podcast. You know, jumping into things now. Um, let's start about news. John Luke, um, you like Fallout, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, you, you like the game a lot. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot from Fallout Four from you. I don't know, like, um, I just the timing of the game was weird. I got distracted by a lot yeah, of other I still things. I haven't played enough of that game. It's a great game. I would want to. Um, I I can't get into it as hard as I got into like three, for example. But uh, it's great. Um, one of my favorite things about three and especially New Vegas are the DLCs. So luckily, uh, we got some sweet DLC announcements for Fallout 4. Yeah, oh, they seem cool. They do. They seem really cool. So let's get a brief overview. I'm over loading it in right now. In March. Oh, I don't want to enter my birthday. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, in not March, we'll be getting three DLCs for Fallout 4. The Ooh. first one is called Wasteland Workshop. And with the Wasteland Workshop design and Ooh. set cages to capture live creatures from raiders to death claws. I was going to say. <laughs> or have them face off in battle, even against your fellow settlers. Are you not entertained? Death claw cage <laughs> match confirmed. Yeah. Well, everyone's like, so this is Pokemon to follow. Okay. This guy sold. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Love it. I'll buy it. Um, what's the next one right here? Let's, let's, let's find it. Uh, Automatron. Automatron? Automatron. 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 <laughs> The mysterious mechanist has unleashed a horde of evil robots into the Commonwealth, including the devious Robobrain. Hunt them down and harvest their parts to build and mod your own custom robot companions. Wait, did you say the mechanist? Yes. Shout out to that mission in, uh, what's it called? Superhero Gambit in Fallout 3. Yeah? With uh, the mechanist and the Oh, the ant, shoes the from I, totally, mods. I think that might be happening. That'd be sweet. One. Mixing limbs, armor, abilities, and weapons like all the all-new lightning chain gun. Even customize their paint schemes and choose their voices. Love it. I like it. I like this. You know, the, these, yeah. are, these ones are small. So just for clarification, um, Automatron costs ten bucks. Yeah, these are all. Uh, the Wasteland Workshop prices. is five bucks, and yeah. then the bigger one is Far Harbor, which is twenty five dollars. And there's a there's a big paragraph here. But, and um, as a last note, I think it's I think it's key to mention price and then the price change. Yes. Yes. Um. But you know, there's some things. There's like a ship and uh, the harbor and Children of Adam shit. Yeah, yeah. If you want this DLC, you can either buy it uh, piecemeal for you know whatever cost it says. But however, season pass, it is getting a bump up soon. So if you buy it now, it's I Good. believe yeah, the twenty dollars less. The current price of the season pass is thirty bucks. Thirty, but on it will March first, yeah. so this week, um, the next week. Um, it's going up to $50. Yeah, so Tuesday. Next Tuesday. 
Is it next Tuesday? Oh, next wow. Tuesday. I'm yeah. so ahead. Yeah. Me too. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's Christ. next Monday. No, that that's the 29th. It's a leap year. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Correct. So next Monday, Fallout 4 DLC. Get pumped. The DLCs were all really cool in New Vegas, too. They were so good. Like fucking Old World Blues. Old World Blues, Lonesome Road. I think I'm like one of the few people that just like didn't care about New Vegas, so I didn't try the DLC. I'm, I hear which it. is I'm totally like one of the fair. people who actually like New Vegas more than three. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hundred percent in both of them, so I, I got nothing to say. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. So but, moving on. But yeah, um, Mass Effect Andromeda is a game that I know. The three of you, yeah, pointing to Zane right here, the Shadow Fuck. of Zane, is a big game wait. for you guys. Can't um, wait. Unfortunately, it lost one of its lead writers, who's going back to Bungie. Yes, um, it's really interesting to note too that by this point, the writing's been long done. Yeah. So I'm sure he filled out his quota for this game. But it is intriguing that he's going to Bungie in particular. That is interesting. Yes, I Key think note. you know. I mean, we just got the announcement that Destiny Two we're expecting sometime next year. Right. We don't right. know how far they are into writing the story for that. I'm sure they're they're they've got concepts down and they just need to iron out details where I'm assuming he would fill in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the nice thing is like realistically, that's gonna be the, the a lot of the work for Destiny too. I'm assuming it's gonna be Biggest complaint. Yeah. And I mean you saw a huge improvement in Taken King. Yeah. But even still. Agreed. So we'll see what this means for Destiny and Mungie. I'm just happy because like Anthony said, the writing's obviously done already. So we won't have another Casey Hudson Mass Effect 3 incident like we had when they had to basically redo the ending. Yeah, and even that was like strange. Like they I think they just had to rush too much on yeah. that ending yeah. and then you know they're like fine, we'll give you what you want. Right. But this is what we wanted and it's like I don't know. Which is the whole thing is stupid because the original concept with the whole dark matter thing it's it's way cooler. Yeah. So I just, no, I'm just happy. A that... lot of people were saying on forums that they were really worried about Andromeda. I yeah. don't think it's enough to be worried about. I think we should just be excited for the possibility for Destiny because it's it's yeah. clearly after the fact, right? For Andromeda, when's Andromeda supposed to come out? Do this year, is it? Okay. Hopefully, um, I have a feeling it might be delayed until early season it's be either 2017. Q4, Q1. It's yeah. yeah, the same thing is going to happen where it's going to be like a March or an April release. Like, I'm sure. Like Mass Effect 3. Yeah. I'm sure. That's cool. Um, Wolverine 3 has been slated for an R rating. Off Obviously, this has a lot to do with yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, right off the heels of Deadpool's success. Um, I think this is probably, from a, like a movie standpoint, the biggest game changer that we've ever seen in a while for a long time everyone has been shying away from rated r comic book movies um when you know blade 3 didn't make a lot of money uh we saw other movies similar to that just not really hitting the mark for rated r viewings and uh they thought the reason why was because they couldn't pull in younger audiences completely wrong idea of thinking about it the problem was the writing yeah the problem was bad scripts and not understanding what the characters should be doing deadpool proved that great writing and a reliance on your talent which ryan reynolds is fucking deadpool um kind of proves that no matter what the rating is it'll bring out the audience which this wasn't included in news but i did see this morning that deadpool is officially the highest domestic grossing x movie of all time already Highest grossing X-Men movie, and it's close to being the highest grossing rated R movie of all time, yeah. uh, domestically and potentially worldwide. Do you have an idea of what it is right now, the highest grossing R? If I'm not mistaken, Ooh, I, I want to say idea. it's a Hangover. Is it Hangover or is it Passion of Christ? 
You're right. It is the Passion of Christ. Yeah, exactly. domestically especially. That's right because um, it brought out all the crazies. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate to say it like that, but it brought out all the crazies to say that. Um, I, I mean, no, no disrespect to, to Christian faith, but Mel Gibson was crazy in that movie. Like the stuff that he did in it. I've seen it, and it's it's intense, bonkers. It's fucking intense. Um, but yeah, that is the highest grossing movie, um, rated R movie of I was all time. Say, I I thought it might have been Hangover, but then Passion of Christ just popped into my mind. Yeah, and when you think about it, the reason why that was the case was because it brought out Christian viewers repeatedly. And it was just it and was now, so shocking. Yeah, it was and shocking. There was it was controversial, that, and that now we get that almost but in the reverse side of things where it's like the humor is so good everyone is getting to know deadpool and mm-hmm. comic book fans are going to go and go and go again just like star wars people Still, deadpool uh, is currently number six domestically perfect. do you have the top five on the i think list? it's gonna have top five are passion of the christ um at 370 million uh, american sniper at 350 oh yeah that's right. uh, matrix reloaded at 281 Ugh. uh the hangover one and then hangover two Okay. Oh, even top Hangover five. Too, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm it'll beat. I think Hangover. I think it'll beat all of them. I'm sure we'll see if it beats Passion. That's that's that'd be good. That'd be I awesome. would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. So how funny um, would that be? <laughs> fucking Deadpool. <laughs> that would be the best. I yeah, mean, honestly, awesome. it's already surpassed expectations, and yep. I just I want it to go that extra leg. So exciting yeah, stuff. Totally More on the line with with Wolverine. Um, my biggest concern right now is. Oh, Deadpool was so ex- was so successful because it was rated Mine's R. Up. So let's do Wolverine rated R, and it'll be great too. No, yeah, like if it's a tool for you to use for storytelling and make it more violent and more graphic, cool, awesome, I love it. If it's just oh no, we need to do more rated R things because Deadpool. I think I think Fox Studios is beginning to get this idea that <laughs> of making they movies. Need- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Oh. So when we think of the problems with their franchises, especially comic book wise, look at X-Men one and two, look at X-Men three and origins, then look at Deadpool and then look at fantastic four. The problems with fantastic four X three and X-Men origins was they were all involved heavily with studio involvement and there was an agenda to push. Every other instance of that, creator-controlled, proper script writing and everything going on the right way, reliance on your talent. If they can stop trying to fucking control their franchises and let their people that they've hired to do the job do their job, you win. That's crazy. You win. They just need to remember that. And if they do... I just just want to point out anytime Anthony starts listing stuff off and he gets really passionate about something, he's just sitting here and just pounding on the table. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I apologize. (laughs) It's just... It's how I sort out things in my own brain It's hilarious. No, no, it's... it's You don't need to apologize. I just find it funny. Just every time. (laughs) This needs to happen. This needs to happen. It really really brings me in. It makes me understand. It's true. It really really completes the role that you're trying to fulfill. It's compelling. Happy. Happy to (laughs) to help, guys. Tajima Productions... Couple things that come out about Jimmy this week. Um, he said the big thing that what he wants to focus on keeping a smaller studio. And I think this is brilliant. You know, it, it keeps is. Kojima basically to the ability to just kind of pick and choose who he wants on his team without overloading it. And then also just you know you're going to have basically this this team of just super badasses who are just going to be making great yeah. games. And how fucking exciting is that? You know, it's again actually I think. Going back on the point that I was just making about movies, I think the case is true for Konami as well. Yeah. They just need to let their talent at do what they want to do. Man, fucking Konami doesn't know what they're doing right now. Dude. Well, now they're fucking crazy. Dude, fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. Hashtag Seriously. fuck Konami. Get the fuck out. Yeah. But well, there were some other things that I know you were talking about before the cast, how 
he wanted yeah. to work with um, Guillermo del again. So yeah, if you guys remember, like a year or two or so back, um, PT released, and it was a trailer essentially for what was going to be a Guillermo del Toro um, Kojima kind of like co-opt game of Silent, it was Hill. So of Silent Hill. Yeah, and it was starring Norman Reedus. Yep. We were all getting really excited for that. Clearly, Konami shit started happening, and that didn't happen. Um, now, current time, he has talked to Norman Reedus recently. He uh, also shared the stage at DICE with Guillermo del Toro. They actually had conferences uh, the same day, so probably some talks going on there. Yeah. The speculation is that they will be possibly working on something together in the future, and... I believe Kojima has said he is interested in horror franchise. So I don't, it obviously won't be Silent Hills, but it could be something great. Rebrand it to something else. The world. You know, quiet, quiet slope. Yeah. Quiet, quiet (laughs) slope. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Heavy rain. Wait. Oh, no, that was done. Oh, man, that was done. I can't do that one. Yeah, I can't do that one. Seriously, though, the, the, the community needs another good horror game. Yeah. We haven't had a good, a real, really good horror game that hasn't been bogged down by action eventually. In a while. No. Yeah, wasn't that the big problem with Evil Within, too? Y- the big yeah. problem with Dead Space 3. Dead yeah. Space, <laughs> Evil Within, Resident Evil. Yeah. yeah. All these horror games are becoming more action-oriented, and we could use a... R- like, PT, did you? Go- either of you guys play PT? No. I did. I never did get to play it. It was pretty ridiculous. Cody would have shit himself. No, no, please. <laughs> I was barely able to make it through Dead Space, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was terrifying, but it was good, and I'm excited to hear that these guys are working together. Yeah. A lot of, lot of potential. So, more movie news now. Mary Ooh. Poppins. Anthony, oh what's happening with Mary God. Poppins? I was so, going to let you take all the fucking movie shit. <laughs> <Just>, yeah. <laughs> so, this is another reason why we uh, hopefully we'll get uh, started on another project coming up soon for movie stuff. Ooh, um, teaser. Yeah. But this week was just like ridden with like crazy movie news. So, Emily Blunt, if you guys are familiar with her work, um, one of her biggest roles was Devil Wear Prada. That's how she broke out. And then more recently, a lot of fucking geeks love this movie. Um, live, die, repeat, or whatever the hell its name is. Oh, it's gotten uh, five names. The Tom, the Tom Cruise one. It was one? the Tom Cruise yeah. action flick. What um, was that called? Yeah, Edge of something. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Then Live, Die, Repeat. Then All You Need Is Kill. It went through so many names. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when it broke out in box office, not a lot of people went to see it. However, word of mouth has carried it to be kind of like a cult hit. Mm-hmm. Um, VOD. A lot of people were watching it, and it's uh, critically well received. Edge of Tomorrow. Is Edge of Tomorrow. It is. Okay. Yeah, it, it's gone through so many names. Yeah. So that's the final one they settled on. Um, Emily Blunt was amazing in it. She's a great action-oriented female heroine, and more importantly, she's got acting chops. Yeah, she does. A Emily Blunt in a Mary Poppins live adaptation is awesome. And if I'm not mistaken, this is not a repeat. This is set a little in the future. Really? If I'm not mistaken, that's the rumor. I think you're right. I could be wrong on that one, but if that's the way they're going with it, I am intrigued more than I would be just a straight Redux because that that uh, that other Mary Poppins is is, cla- is timeless. Yeah, you know, you, you can't can. you can't try and redo it and then say, oh, this is your Julie Andrews. You know, you can't do that. It's impossible, really. Yeah. That's true. Even well, that's the only way they really realistically can do it. Yeah, if I think about it. But so, really good stuff. Very excited. Very excited. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, Kurt Russell. We've known this for a while, but he has been confirmed to be starring in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Two. Star Lord's dad. So, so that's pretty stuff. sweet. Yeah. 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 Kurt Russell is like, he's one of those guys that he just appears in anything, and you get excited. You know, 
fucking f- fucking by the way one of the greatest little cameos that he ever had and not well enough appreciated movie sky high from from disney in you're that, right in that in that area oh, of man. time where disney movies sucked that was one of the few that were really good i never saw and it. i enjoyed it a lot he was a awesome dude I, I liked that movie yeah. that was a great movie yeah that's one of my favorite Kurt, Kurt russell appearances but when you look back at his pedigree he's perfect for for this movie yeah yeah so excited I think the last bit of news for today is uh, Blade Runner sequel officially has a release date, which is January 12th, 2018. Again, yeah. I know, Anthony, you were super excited about this. Um, Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love fantastic movie. that movie. Yeah, I love that movie so much. Um, for me, it's the director's cut ending that's the best version of it. Mm-hmm. However, I hear the final cut is really good. I have yet to watch it. I'm going to do that soon, hopefully. Um, I've been excited about this for a while. It's been rumored... It was confirmed a little while ago. Stuff has started happening, gears in motion, set design, things like that, production stuff. Um, They finally came out with this official confirmation, and the release window kind of shocks me. January has been typically known as the dumping ground for movies. Yep. It's right after holiday season. It's right after holiday season. It's usually when people don't care. That said, though, the last two years have changed up the timeline for releases a lot, especially with Star Wars being such a hit in the December release time frame. A lot of Oscar movies that would have come out in the December time started coming out in the very late December and early January. January. So my question is, is this a potential Oscar film or is this shitty movie that they don't have confidence in? It's either one of the two, because that's why they would have that release date. I hope it's the latter. I think, yeah, I think it has to. Or be. the former. I think that's the way I would say that. Yes, <laughs> the one, the first option. <laughs> so, so we'll yeah. see. Before we jump to our topic, I know um, me and Anthony did want to share a couple of thoughts on the Division open beta that was back this weekend. Um, we messed around with it a little bit Friday night, cutting into our fates time. <laughs> it was a, it was a tragedy. Oh actually. my god! Uh, yeah, it yeah. Was, I it was texted hard. him and I was like, "Are you two balls deep in fates? Do you want to play some division?" Yeah, I I was playing it a little on the side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so was I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm just picturing you guys. Yeah, yeah, division. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Terrorism. Mm. Yeah, you guys like this? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, funny because I was playing. I hopped on a little bit with Zane last night just because he was like, "I can play right now." I was like, "Sure, oh, I'll perfect. just hop on for a little bit." Um. And he had the AFK for about a half an hour to go help Katie with something. And it was hilarious. I was just out there. I was like, all right. I'm just going to set my guy to do jumping jacks and play some fades. That's that's how you know anyone's AFK, by the way. You know how, like, in Destiny it was the dancing and whatnot? It's jumping jacks. It's jumping jacks for, for <laughs> That one. makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, I, I It's the same thing as the closed beta was, where it's like, this is a great game. I'm very interested in it. Yes. I am enjoying what's happening. Was there anything different than the closed beta for the most part? The changes they made are no. it's a little bit interesting. So we did get a new mission. The there's, new mission. There's not cool. a lot to talk about there, but it's it's cool to see a, lot of a little bit different. But fucking yeah, flamethrowers are kind of terrifying. <laughs> They're so but terrifying. once you finish that mission, you get a new skill, which is a little baby turret, oh and it's God, so, so good. fucking good. It's so good. That you also get um, upgrades to the sticky bomb, and one of them just makes the sticky bomb just ruin everyone. And it's it's yes. like bleed and yes. higher yeah, impact, it's higher yeah. damage and, and higher bleed. radius too. I think. I think so. Yeah, it's so fucking ridiculously overpowered. Um, but the big thing I think we did want to talk about was the changes to the dark zone. Yeah, we we only spent yeah. what about a half yeah. an hour in there. There's also some issues right now where you couldn't get into a group in the dark zone with people who are a different level. I I don't even know if it was that. That's the weirdest thing because it's like it felt like that was the case, but then we were leveled. We were trying to go in, and it still wasn't working. That's interesting. So 
it's very confusing at how matchmaking works when you enter the dark zone because what was happening for us, we come in with a group of three. Previously, you, Jean-Luc, and I, like, we were all doing that, and it was fine. And also, we were but all this completely time different levels then because you were eight, yeah, I was seven, and that Dominic was fine. like five or six at that point. Yeah. I think I was five, yeah. Yeah, and that worked fine. We were all rolling around. We were having a great time. We could only get two people in at a time for and when, this latest. And when, like, you could see, like, your party was saying DZ Mitchmatch, I think it was saying? DZ, DZ Mitchmatch. That happened a lot. That's interesting. Yeah, so a lot of issues with the Dark Zone now that there's more people. I think it has to do with server space Maybe. and bad matchmaking. And it might be worth us just to, like, jump in there maybe a little bit later today because there was that server maintenance on oh, Saturday that? morning okay, that could be interesting. just to try it out and see what happens. Yeah, and then also, by that same token, um, with higher spawn rates for ai it's it's almost a little ridiculous it's too high right now yeah well i think i don't think it's too high where they're spawning is a problem it's yeah it's 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 one of the two they got to fix one of the two so either give us a little bit more time to get ready because seriously you'll be at a like a, a um extraction point and all of a sudden you get surrounded by all the computer ai they'll kill you in five seconds because you're out in the open getting ready for extraction or you're behind cover and they'll just shoot you from behind yeah, when you're focusing behind on the you. other ones and that's a, it's wow. ridiculous and like these and it's are all lot. like purple like yeah. kill you in two shots kind of guys yeah too. you know you have to be on your a game for fighting them and when you're ready you can do it but when you're not it's completely unfair completely unbalanced also this is the difficulty spike and some of them like the dark tone's a lot fucking harder right now i i i don't mind the difficulty no spike, me neither but, it's just but that, it's the, it's the spawning is a lot of that artificial yeah. difficulty right now and it's really bad yeah so fix something in there guys there was actually a moment where um when we were having the first problem where it was just me and katie running around <laughs> um we ran into there was like fucking like 10 yellow guys all throwing incendiary them? grenades. Holy Ooh. crap. And it was and we were in this tiny little itty bitty alley. And me and Katie were just trying to kill us. I'm like, nope, fuck it. I'm leaving. Like, nope. <laughs> Let's go find some other guys to kill. Wow. Oh, poor Katie. This was like her first real time experience in this game. And she got <laughs> decimated when she went in the dark zone. And, like I talked with her this morning about it. And she's like, I don't want to go in the dark zone again. It's too scary. <laughs> oh. I don't want to do it. I mean, it's a pretty spoopy name. It's it pretty, is. It's so dark. <laughs> oh, man. So, But yeah, um, some things are better. Some things are worse. Two weeks till game comes out. Got to find what we need to do. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, it's just a an issue that they'll iron out. I mean, even if it's just like Destiny, where it's a if it's a, if it's a shit fest for like the first week, and then once they figure everything out, and then the dark zone gets better. Yeah, get ready, guys. As as in any MMO, there are going to be some issues with latency. Um, people logging on and all at the same time. Yes. It happens every time with any MMO. Just be reasonable with what you're expecting. I think I think in the main game when you're fighting AI, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it's a little different how it's. It'll be interesting to see how the servers populate once you have more players, because there was only very rarely when you'd be running in not the dark zone and you'd just see a couple players this here and there. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like Destiny where it's like if you if you get the golden ticket of being at the same place at the same time, you know, um, you see people. If not, you don't really encounter them, and I'm fine with that. Um, but just, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm just hoping people ha have learned from things like Destiny, because people bitch and bitch and bitch about Destiny. But the fact is, it's an MMO type game. Yeah, and people treat it like um, 
it's just a normal a normal console game. Well, I think I think everyone had a different ex- expectation for it because you know well, yeah. it's a studio that made Halo right. before. There was a pretty damn decent story there. I, I'm just hoping people understand that with a new yeah. release of anything, whether it be a game with this big of a servers with such a multiplayer aspect or anything like an expansion, expect the servers to be pretty clogged up the servers and then still like my biggest problem with people who bitch about destiny is the people who are still bitching about blood of glass and crota zen not being current content yeah still. i'm like this is an eminem mmo yeah like i'm sorry that's the kind of thing i'm talking about it sucks that content moves on and it becomes irrelevant welcome to fucking 10 years wow yeah i that's what every me. single expansion you have you know mythic war forge mm-hmm. you know top gear all great stuff and then you start an expansion and it all gets replaced by leveling shit yeah i think uh i think people need to manage their expectations and know what they want um that's why i think single player games are more important than ever yep. because oh, 100%. you need to realize what you're getting out of online versus not mm-hmm. online so um but yeah bottom line the biggest thing for me is the story is still the biggest question, and obviously through the beta, no way to tell. Yeah. Well, and also a lot of it is like, nah, skip this, nah. Yeah, nah. yeah, because <laughs> you've, you've heard it before, and you're just like, I don't really want to listen to you say the same thing again. And it's so. there is going to be a lot there, were, and there needs to be a lot of focus on character, like just characters in a game like this. Yeah. Because you know it's going to be a really bad way to say it, but I mean they're all they're all humans. You need to find some kind of way to take these really cool characters and distinguish them. Yeah, and I almost wish there was an ability that you could just, like, shut people up during cutscenes. If you, like, actually care. It's called a bullet. <laughs> you just mean, like, like what kind of cutscenes? Well, like, like, sometimes when you're, like, experiencing cutscenes in games that are, like, online, you know, you'll go through the mission and, on like, everything. And that's fine. And you need to talk, obviously, during that. Do you mean, but like, then when you go into the, the cutscene, you get the story. Stuff? No, when you get the story and everything, like you'll hear people talking in the background. You can't yeah. hear what the fuck people you know, are I'll saying. Yell, I'll just yell at people. This is that's just, that's just what I do. <laughs> it's true. I remember it's awesome. <laughs> the funny thing is, so in WoW, um, I had seen this cutscene before a million times, but when you finished Siege of Morgmar and you killed Grosh, there was a really fucking cool cutscene where they're choosing the new war chief. Mm. It's really awesome. It's really awesome. I had seen it a million times before. But I just remember when we finally got to see it in game, everyone was like, everyone, shut up. Just fuck this. Shut, shut up. I want to watch this. Yeah, maybe we need to institute that as a rule or something. Just I think like, you might up. need if to need with Division. It depends how good the story is at the yeah. end of the day. If it ends up being like, I don't know, there's fucking guys and, and smallpox. And yeah, I didn't end up caring with Destiny, but I'd like to think I have the chance to with that Division. We'll see. But yeah. Let's jump into our topic. It's going to be a smaller topic today, but I think it's, it's something of interest. So what we're going to use as our jumping point here is... There has been a fan project to remake Star Wars, not to the Old Republic. Awesome. It's being remade into Unreal Engine 4, which Tight. is, you know, the, the hype engine right now, pretty it's much. It's a sexy, sexy-looking piece of shit. Yeah, dude. So there's a Kotaku article right now with a bunch of, like, screenshots, um, even comparison shots, which a lot of them look really fucking cool. But in an age where, you know, we see it all the time, you know, remakes collections shit like this you know even when you have stuff like this where it's you know it's fan driven for people who love the game when did kotor come out 2004 2004 okay so 12 it was a while ago yeah so a game 12 years ago that people love so much (laughs) i love that game (laughs) people love so much that they want to remake it now What's I, going on? So the cool thing about this is it's it's a fan kind of thing, and I yes. I love the fact that no one is 
giving him a cease and desist for this. I really, really appreciate that. We'll see. I don't think he will only because now that we're moving forward, it's not canon. It didn't exist. I think it's a piece of the old age that I don't think Disney or EA will care about. So I'm going to try and give them the benefit of the doubt that no one will give him a cease and desist, but we'll see. Um, The biggest thing is for me, I think we're approaching an age where we're getting into gaming for the first time where we have a history. Like we have, we have a history before we didn't really have a history. Okay. We don't, we didn't have like a big culture into our own and it just, it, it started. And I want to say like around the time of like the Xbox 360 and the PS3 really started growing. People stopped, started getting connected and playing games was in some ways more than just a thing to do to waste time. It became something much more passionate, much more involved and people started caring about it more. Now we have an age of games where a lot of kids don't know what that was or, or, or anything like that. And sometimes it's good to know the past to look at what the future might be because there are some mechanics in games that are so sound and so good and perfect that you, you need have, to go back and yeah, experience Yeah, you have people, them. you know, and I've talked to to younger kids. Yeah, yeah those um, children. <laughs> those those darling children. Damn hooligans. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I've talked to them before about like shit like Halo. And like people are like, oh, yeah, Halo's not that good. And I was like, at the time, this shit was fucking revolutionary. And I'm like, hey, I even have gone through that too. Like people will talk about like Doom, which is like a series that I just kind of missed because I was just barely old enough. Yeah. And the people were like, Doom was revolutionary. And I was like, okay, Doom was awesome. I mean, I, I know the what people have told me. <laughs> Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just have like revolutionary PC. stuff like that. It's just how people how we view our history. Yeah, I think it's very true what you're saying that we're, we're kind of approaching this time where we have, you know, all these years of creating games and even like, you know, you look like since 2000, how much insane shit is happening in the gaming community, you know, with the growth of MMOs with, you know, the growth of online play in general with multiplayer play in general, you know, you have these huge communities, you have these people who are so fucking passionate about every little thing about every little yeah. game. You have people like me and John Lou who go fucking crazy about kingdom hearts. Mm. That's that's this, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it's just people are so in depth with these with these games, and you know they hold like certain games on a fucking pedestal, and they just worship and just like ah, oh, this game was so important to me, and blah 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 blah, and it's just it's almost scary to me when it's I love remakes, and one yeah. time I'm like yeah, let's let's bring back an old game, you know, let's polish it up, bring it back into a new age, great, but it's also terrifying at the same time. It's like please don't fuck it up. Please don't, you know, ruin it for people. And then it just ruined the reputation of the game. And it's, I don't, I think the biggest thing to know when you're remaking a game is sure. We can up it. We can make it classic, but keep the mechanics and what the game is the same. Um, and the reason for that is because I'm starting to think of it as, as history. You know, we have things that we can access for books, for movies, for things like that. We can get it, you know, in many different ways games are all based on technology so much that when we go back and we're like oh yeah we can go find that gamecube edition or that super nintendo edition you're like no not all the time unless you want to buy something specific that's going to cost you so much money it's good that game companies are i i think you know it's good that they're making re-releases for these and allowing people to access them for at least a decent fee 10 bucks for Super Mario 3. Dude, Earth, Fuck, Earthbound. Yeah. Something Earthbound. that you can't find a copy for under right. $100. Yeah. I mean, Cody talks about it all the time, and, and it is one of those games. Like, it's so it's so amazing, 
nobody played it. That's because that's that's actually a really big thing right here. So not a not technically a remake, but you had the fan Just translation a, yeah. of Mother Three, and and that's exactly that it. was There's, fucking huge when yeah. it came out. Fu- that's an, and going on that Fire Emblem. There are games that you can find the um, oh, what is the word called when um, fans like do the translations Rom. and you can. It's like a ROM hack. ROM hack. Um, sure, let's go with that. Um, it's it's the ones you find on the PC for emulations. Oh emulations. yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah emulations. When you can ROMs, when okay. you can get yeah. So when you can get emulations of these games, but you it's not like the real thing, and you're mm. not you're not giving money to the right people. It almost feels like stealing. It's good to have an ability to get it the right way. I think, and also usually emulations. Some of them can be extremely sound. Some of them can be fucked. Oh yeah, and. It's really good that we can get the real deal from the people who made it because I would think they would give the time and attention to it to actually release it and have it That's stable. The thing. Like, I mean, Keep you the code the, the Mother 3 fan translation, you know, huge success, you know, brought Mother 3 to the States. Yeah. Have to play it through emulation. I, um, the second when and if that gets released on the virtual console, Nintendo will get so much fucking money and and that's the truth that's the truth because you have the passionate people that carry the word carry the gospel as I like to say Mm -hmm. Um, I'm that way for Fire Emblem I tell everyone about it you know fucking two months ago I was like yeah Fire Emblem pew pew and now I'm just like Fire Emblem yeah exactly I'm probably gonna pick up uh, Earthbound and really get into it Um, but it's the same thing with Fire Emblem like there's the old versions of games the first two have re-released on the DS but it wasn't a very good version of it, and it didn't really work very well. Um, I want to see the other versions that came out to Japan re-release in English format. Mm-hmm. The biggest grievance to me is that we do not have a version for America of genealogy. Uh, wait, what is it called? Genealogy of the Holy War? It, it's like a rough translation yeah. for, for what it was called in, in Japan. But literally, what we're experiencing in Fates is like direct almost from kind of what genealogy did it gave you so much in that story and many different ways to play it also you had children you had your father and your mother and everything and then at a certain point of the game i won't spoil what happens stuff happens and you have to play as the kids now 10 or 15 or 20 years later and you have to experience the events that they go through and the story is so sound and so incredible there's so many philosophical things that they put up ethical things and no one knows what the fuck that game is but literally that game is the pedestal of what fire emblem is and it's like you're saying like so many people have the pedestals but nobody knows what they are and nobody knows why you need to go back to play them to know why so i think coming down to it i think for the most part these are all good things i think we need to have um re-releases and 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 new versions of those games so we're allowed to play them on the consoles that we have now because it's hard to get a Super Nintendo to play Fire Emblem, Genealogy, The Holy War, and more importantly, like you were saying about the translations, that is all in Japan, like Japanese. You can't, All in Japan. Ju- all in Japan. Uh, <laughs> it is all in Japanese. You can't... You don't know what the fuck they're saying unless you get a emulated version of it with the translation. And, and even then, like even some of the translations are really fucking bad. Yeah, and even yeah, then, they're true. really bad. So giving someone the time and attention to detail, putting it out there, releasing it for everyone to experience it is amazing more and going along that same point another fire emblem game that you know the character of but no one's ever played the game the fire emblem with roy that is the um technically this the the sequel to the fire emblem we got for 
North America uh, in uh, GBA, the just the Fire Emblem for us, but it was like Fire Emblem Blazing Sword for other people. Mm-hmm. That's a prequel to Roy's game that actually came out right before it. And that version is on the GBA as well, but only in Japan, only in Japanese. Nintendo did some really crazy things with GBA. They don't. They don't. They didn't games. trust us to be smart enough for it. Yeah, like, literally, that's literally like you, the reason. Well, I mean, like so it's it's pretty much the same exact story with Fire Emblem and Mother. Or mm. almost well, it's, yeah, it's kind of different, us. like smarter or just you know such mature topics. I mean, bottom line, there's fucking child suicide in Mother Three. Yeah, I've heard about that. So and I want to like, understand what's going on. With yeah, that. so you know you have like fucking like intense topics like that. You have intense, you know, not as they're mature topics in Fire Emblem, but you know whether it was you know we weren't smart enough or whatever. It's just Gee. they didn't think Americans would understand the goofiness of the enemies and the the graphics and like just the characters. I think that's it, and yeah. mix it with such heavy mature themes like you know your parents dying child suicide like it, the story is rough and it's the same thing with fire emblem yeah it's so complex and it is like even the like even looking at it from a mechanic standpoint like permadeath people Not probably people understand they that. probably thought that americans would be you know too annoyed uh, too annoyed <laughs> or too impatient because there was a while where permadeath was the only option yeah right? and i i like the idea for bringing it to new people of you know that casual mode where it's like hey you don't have to worry about permadeath and you can move forward you that's see great that to the learn full it's a extension of that in fates yeah which phoenix is the phoenix mode, mode which i think so is just way phoenix ridiculous is <laughs> when people die even, they come back a couple turns later yeah it's not even in the same battle wow it, is so that like just regular classic that's how it or not classic casual that's how it happens so no there's there's the three options there's there's classic okay there's casual yep. and then there's phoenix gotcha so phoenix is like oh so it's like a handy a really handicapped yeah, version super, okay super noob version if you will it's just it, in the sense of this like as ray hold would say, your hands yeah. cry baby bitch mode. and in my opinion it completely breaks the game i was fine with just the casual version yeah um because it doesn't really break the game because you still have to plan on strategy for that map it's a tactical um, game yeah, yeah it is only that is mechanic game phoenix mode destroys it yeah um but going on back with like the themes and everything too like genealogy of the holy war you literally have to fight your brother but technically he's like a half brother because your mother was convinced that uh your father wasn't her lover and and he's she's stolen away. It's like it's so really complex. But shout not only, but not only that. Yeah, not only that though, guys. The person that stole away your father's lover is also her brother. I can't. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Fucking crazy shit. You have to deal I with like. Don't wow. understand a single word that you just said. It's, it's, <laughs> Which it's is so funny cool. that you're. I mean, you have someone like you who's so passionate about Fire Emblem, and you have someone like me who's so passionate, like us, who are so passionate about Mother. Like I also want to point that we are not even talking about remakes at this point. But <laughs> well, and then even the regular GBA release that was first for North America, and I even think that tackled some crazy themes too. Um, in Athos and Nergal, where the Nergal was the main bad, right? But he was corrupted by his love and passion for higher learning, and he went so far over the edge that he was. It was never mind. I should stop talking. But Fire Emblem is fucking weird, man. It's amazing. It's just it's all of these games that lead us to so many passionate discussions, mm-hmm. and the story involved, the mechanics, and all they go together and they form a cohesive experience that you can't experience on any any other form of medium. And it's those experiences that need to be saved, treasured, and brought to everyone to experience. So yeah, not like, to be negative, but the another thing that companies or even fans need to be careful of is oversaturation of the market. Because I mean, even now, for and for a while, take a look at the PS4. Uh, 
I'd say at least, I don't know, 40%, maybe 30 are all re-releases, remakes, you know. Collections, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, you know, I own so many of those collections. Yeah, which isn't, it's again, it's a door into the that world. Like, for, I don't know, let's take, uh, let's take Sly, for example, Sly Cooper. Yes. You get the you get the three games or whatever in the collection, and then it that gets somebody into the series, that gets somebody interested, and then they can go release a new game for it. Yep. Same thing with the Kingdom Hearts releases: one point five, two point five, two point eight, two point nine, 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 nine. nine. <laughs> It's it's taking content that uh, North Americans never had access to and putting it into the game, and s- both satisfying old and new fans. Well, I mean, you also like the I think. The Kingdom Hearts collections are the perfect example of a collection needs to be. Yeah. Because you have, you know, the base, you know, the important game of the series, the important one, which is, you know, it's, you know, your your one final mix, your two final mix, you know, versions of the game that we never got in the States that are the full, complete versions of the games that we're finally getting. Yeah. I would I would say that about the Master Chief collection, but you're missing the multiplayer. So then right. again, right. you don't get that side of it. For yours, you get all of it. You get plus that. A little plus that. And then you take it the next step further, further where, you know, 2.5 has Birth by Sleep on console. You know what I think? I think that's a great point. Collections versus straight up re-releases. Yeah. They have to be appropriately priced. Yeah. I think you need to know, that's the biggest thing in, in any market and in any any type of thing that you're selling is, is it worth the cost that you're paying for? If you're saying like, if I could get a genealogy of the Holy War and buy it for 10 bucks and play it on either the Wii U or the 3DS, preferably the 3DS, um, I would do it in a heartbeat. That's appropriately themed. If it was like 20 or 30 bucks though, to play that game, right. that would be ridiculous. And it goes the same thing for collections too, where you get like a collection of games, a little bit of addition, um, and you pay a, like a nominal fee, say 40 or 50 bucks. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts was sixty bucks. So. Yeah, it, it, okay, <laughs> but then you also got extra things on top of it too, mm. and that might put you over the edge for it, as long as it doesn't break what it there was there before. Well, and I did just call it's it a play- careful. Balance, I did just call it sure. PlayStation, but you saying that you have to price collections accordingly. They definitely price the collections accordingly. Say Ratchet and Clank, take even the Infamous collection, God of War collection. They were like thirty or forty bucks, and they weren't the price of a full game. Right, that's perfect. And you take something like Earthbound, where you can't find unless you you couldn't find. I'm sorry, uh, unless you emulated it, unless you went and bought a cartridge at a retro game store on eBay or that's, something. You know, a hundred plus dollars. Yeah, with it you couldn't get for under a hundred dollars. And you take it and you re-release it, which again, it's the whole new fans and old fans satisfied at the same time for ten bucks. I think also from like a like a production standpoint too. Not only do you need to appropriately uh, price it. But I think you also need to have the right teams working on it so that it's not a distraction from where you're moving forward. No, definitely. But something that you're doing to bring in a new audience. I think the biggest problem when you look at collections and like these re-releases is a lot of the biggest worries in the beginning when this started happening was that you were taking time away from the team that was working on the next game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is getting an idea of this, you know, recently, probably about two months ago, Final Fantasy Five and six were re-released on the PS or PC, and the ports were really bad. It's like it's, it's shitty as hell. Yeah, they yeah. released through Steam, and like the the sprites are really fucking bad. The art is really bad. There's like yeah. frame stutter. Like there's and, full like, mods to fix the games. I I heard uh, Tales of Symphonia had the same problem when yeah. it re-released on PC. Mm-hmm. Like literally, you can't play it at sometimes. But then one guy through the process of like a week. Yeah. fixed all of the problems and yep. it's like why didn't you guys do that well and it's again going to the whole rant you had about the culture i mean that's crazy 
that's crazy to have that much dedication and time put into something that you're not even making any money off of, you know? It's just like, I think they need to take it seriously. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Some companies do, and those things are great. We have great examples of it. Then some companies don't, and then we have bad cases of it. You know, you need to take this shit seriously. If we're going to put it out there for the masses, either to capture a new market or respect the heritage, you need to do those two things. And if they're, it's not working, or if something's missing, or if you changed something that inherently breaks the mechanics and what that game was, you're not doing what you're set out to do. And not only that, but then you make it a big big problem for passionate people and they will put you under the fire and under the burner <laughs> i do this the passion so the, the i need hand, to change that the hand and the slam i need the to table. just talk with my just hands like underneath <laughs> myself <laughs> yeah i hope you guys can actually just hear it just the that's a thump, thump, thump. <laughs> it's for emphasis it's for yeah emphasis. Um, it's I just think, so important i think a really good way for us to to kind of wrap things up here mm-hmm. is you know take kind of the culmination of a, a re-release title right now which for, i think for everyone is final fantasy 7 you look at how much they are changing that game. People, some people are angry. Some people are excited. It's scary. It's safe but, to be reluctant. Yeah, it's, yeah. Isn't it also with that game too? Just as a side note, uh, didn't they also allow the original format of it to be released? Or am I wrong? The original Final Fantasy VII was released to uh, PlayStation Store not too long ago for twenty okay. twenty bucks. bucks. Then I, I don't mind that as much. Yeah. As long as you make both available and have options for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good port. It is. Port? I mean, it's okay. it's good. It's a good port. It changes just a tiny bit. It actually just enhances the game. Yeah. And they were they seem to be very tr- like uh, transparent about what they were doing, if I'm not mistaken, right? But with the I, remake. Yeah, with uh, with the uh, the new version of Final Fantasy, like the new right? new that they're yeah. still working Weren't on. They transparent on that. They're they're revealing enough to keep us like so right to, now to keep us from we, asking what we questions know changed the battle okay. system it's yep. battle more system. arpg style it, cool. it's it's on T- the, take your kingdom hearts take your final fantasy 15 that type of thing 15 13 eh, not really 13 15 your kingdom hearts um crisis, crisis core. core yeah you have that and then there's the big thing that's going to be episodic Mm, yeah, I, I. That's the that's the biggest complaint yeah. I've seen. That's that's episodic. what I don't understand. I yeah. think if epi- if it's done correctly, episodic is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, fuck. If you want to play seven to its fullest, that is a big time commitment. Even looking at it from the the three discs that it came with, it, oh, yeah. it feels the original feels episodic. It's Take true. Final Fantasy VIII; it's four discs. It feels episodic when you. Hell, even if they just yeah. did that, I'd be okay with just that. Just fucking disc one, remake that entire thing, or release it. I think disc that'd two, be fantastic. I don't think they'll go. They won't. That big. They won't. It's gonna be like episode one is Midgar. Yep. Episode two is the first couple things. Which after even that. then, that's a good split right there after if, Midgar. If they price it correctly, they include enough content. I'm fine with it because it, it's literally something that you know, say you know. The spitballing dates here. Say Midgar, or you know, Chapter One releases in June. Chapter Two releases in, you know, August, December, something like that. It gives me time, you know, to dive into the episode, get everything I want out of it. But then it's like, okay, I can move on to new games for now, because playing just a Final Fantasy game for X amount of time is rough. Yeah. What do you think? Um, and I hate, I hate how you just keep bringing it back, but I just realized this is a little bit more in depth than I thought. Okay. Um. What do you think is the appropriate amount that you should re-release these these great games? What do you mean? 
So define a mount. Okay, so for Halo, I'll take that as an example for this. We had the Halo Combat Evolved anniversary, then that was 360, and then in the Xbox One, first year of the Xbox One, if I'm not mistaken, um, we first had year, the second year, one or two. Yeah, we had the Master Chief Collection, and at that moment, it started feeling like there was almost too much of Halo. Some people said, I didn't. But some people did say that, and I can't disagree with them. What do you think is, like, the appropriate amount of time? Should they skip a generation of console and then release it for the next? Or should they just simply make it available for every generation of console? And if that is the case, is it worth it, all that time and energy? I mean, you're going to have the people. So take, for example, you know, say the Xbox 2 or whatever the <laughs> next one is. They release the entire Master Chief Collection again. Ugh. I think that's wrong. I think, you know, I think right now collections are huge because – what you were talking about this is the first time we really have a huge sense of history even with these series that are still happening franchises yeah, yeah you have Kingdom yeah, hearts man. who has been around for 15 years who still needs a fucking conclusion to the series Bruh. so please so literally what the collections are designed for is to it's almost a way to keep us over it's a way to get more people into the series it's a way to get you know these games that spanned you know ps2 Game Boy, DS, PlayStation, or PSP, all these fucking consoles and put them onto one console. Yeah. Basically give people a way to, you know, experience the series before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out and disappoints us all. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a great point because I think when I think about breaking it... breaking my heart. <laughs> when I, I think about it, like all the games that we talk about, it's like, oh, it's so an, such an injustice that it's not out yet, you know, for, for our consoles. These are games that are missing like four-ish generations of hardware to play it. You know, like, for the, you, Earthbound, like, that was, what, Super Nintendo? Yep, 1995. Yeah. Super Nintendo, that's a long time, needs to have a release. Halo, we just had it. So let's wait maybe two generations for the I think at next least. time. Yeah, and I mean, I just you, you say like console generations. And I just remember the big concern with Kingdom Hearts three was, oh man, I'm gonna have to buy a PS3 to buy or play it, and it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Speaking of which, I I just saw that they're making a Bioshock collection. Yep, that's yeah, that's coming. That's out. How do you guys feel about that one? Do you think that's um, enough time? I, I actually think it is. I think it's enough time, and there's enough games to put on it as mm-hmm. a collection. Because that's the other thing, like when we make a collection, how many games warrants a oh, collection? Oh, totally. Yeah. And what kind of franchises are those? Because in Infinite came out. Yeah. When. Uh, just two years ago. So it was only two years ago? I thought was it was really? like 2013, maybe. Okay, yeah. so maybe three years ago. Regardless, I think we had we're separated enough from the Bioshock franchise at this point. And not only that, but the studio is dead. Yeah. Yep. So there's no more Bioshock unless it gets revived again. Right. Um. So, yeah, I think it would be... I think that would warrant a collection because mm-hmm. not only that, but it's been a long time since Bioshock 1 and 2. And uh, I'm going to be totally honest. I still haven't played 1 and 2. I've only played one and like halfway through. Like parts of two, actually. I, I played say. one and I couldn't get through two because two is a lot worse than one. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I hear. You got through Infinite too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. 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 Infinite yeah. was Infinite all right. Infinite was great. One is the best one. Though. So for that one, kind of an appropriate time to release a collection. Maybe not ports. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, thinking about it, it's crazy because uh, Infinite was pretty recent. It's been nine years since the Bioshock 1 was released. That's a good point. And since there's enough point, like games for it, a collection would warrant not only getting those games that deserve a release again but a couple maybe you missed out on and then give it in a good nominal price same thing with the god of war franchise they did it so i think 30 or 40 bucks for all those great games 
totally worth it. Yeah. Coming back to to how Kingdom Hearts said, you know, sixty dollars for essentially two games and then a third game in movie form, I think is good. You also look at, you know, I hold Kingdom Hearts two point five on a pedestal. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, as as a collection, this is what a collection needs to be. The port of Kingdom Hearts two Final Mix is awful. <laughs> it is bad. It's Slaggy, slow it's, load times. Little, there's the load problems. The load times are a problem. Yeah, you know, you you were watching me play it a couple weeks ago, where I changed forms and literally paused the game to let it load. Right, that's a fucking problem. Right. Then again, you know what? I'm I'm getting to play the game and Kingdom Hearts two. I'm, I can't, I can't complain too much about the game. I'm sorry. Mm. Even with the mistakes, I'm just like, yeah, I'm still gonna still play the fuck fun. out of this game. So. My biggest thing is, you know, if you're going to do a remake or a collection or a re-release, whatever, do it fucking right. You know, don't just do it as, all right, it's been five years. Let's release this game and make more money. You know, yeah, have the have, right mindset. Have motivation behind it, mm-hmm. I think is the best way to put it, you know. Pretty much, you know, coming back to what started this whole conversation, KOTOR. You know what? We're never going to make another KOTOR game. Never. Most likely. Sorry. Probably probably not, or it's not going to be the same. The closest, the yeah. closest thing yeah. we're going to get to it is Old Republic. And Maybe. even then. Yeah. No, and I think I think even more so to to bring home your point as a Star Wars fan, the only way we're getting the Old Republic in general, I'm pretty sure, is if they release it in an episodic format for maybe TV. Yeah, if they touch on more of the lore like they did with Bane in Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, because they need to they need to confirm things that we know. Yeah. But going back to Cody's point, probably never going to happen. Deserves a release. Yeah, and you know it's all fan. You know it's it's not like you know. Fans are going to re-release it. It's going to be here tomorrow. No, this game, if it fully goes through full development, we probably won't see it for a couple years. That's the realistic thing of it. That's a good point. So, I don't think releases are a bad idea. You need to do it fucking right. You don't need to do it just as a cash grab. There needs to be motivation behind it, and they need to be polished. I think that's that's my bottom line with this. And like Anthony Stable. said, they don't need to be. They they need to not be a distraction from what your studio or your company is working on currently. Yeah, and they're. I've noticed, too, with the age of re-releases and things like that, there are companies specifically designed to port games. We can ferret out the bad ones, I think, now. Um, there are case examples of them. And we can laud and uh, praise the the, new, the the ones that do it right. So get the right team on it. Know that that's their speciality. Don't distract the main team focusing on the franchise for the future. Time, price, people. Then it's good. Boom. Mike what do you drop. think? Mike, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Okay, yeah. But I think that does it for today. Um, yeah. We we didn't topic, stem too actually. much off for for fire Lums. I'm literally holding my hat with my ears. <laughs> this hat is my favorite thing in the world. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that does it for today. Um, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can reach us at geekdominationlisteners at gmail.com. You know, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all that junk. You know, engage with us. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah, yeah. Our page has been uh, blowing up this week. It's been nice. Yeah. So a nice little little boost there. Um, we are almost at 100. So take us over, guys. Do take it. Take us Do over. It. Um, <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> again, you know, expect a full review from both Birthright and Conquest from myself and Anthony, respectively, this week. We don't know exactly the form we're going to do quite yet. But it'll be on geekdomination.net. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. We're going to play Fire Emblem now. <laughs> Can I just say, before we cut, uh, we've been recording for about how mu- how long? 67 minutes. Uh, I bought Fire Emblem. <laughs> Damn it! Yay! <laughs> That's why was being real fucking quiet. He's just like, I need a phone. I was on my Next phone for like week. the first like 20 I'm minutes. I love that cast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>